0: Today's episode of the Emo show, I just got through uh, recording it. And uh, I was going to call it how to disagree without being disagreeable, which is actually a pretty good title. But as I was recording this, I thought, you know what? This is how, you know, we can open people's minds. Unlocking closed minds, so the 5 phrases to unlock a closed mind. And I am curious to know what Richie's take is going to be on this. He's the editor for the email show and he does the um, editing and make sure there's a write-up about it and helps me create titles. So I don't know Richie, what Richie's going to do. He's going to either create it, the five phrases to unlock a closed mind or how to disagree without being disagreeable. But that's what we're going to talk about. How to use tools, phrases to empower us to engage in conversations when we want to share our perspective or opinion and persuade people to think a little bit differently. To help us work together in a way that doesn't destroy relationships, but actually builds them. Stay tuned. The quality of our lives depends on the quality of our relationships, but what is it that determines the strength or quality of our relationships? For over 20 years, I've been working in the trenches of relationship recovery and greatness. I empower people to take charge of their relationships and single-handedly bring about desired outcomes. This show cuts through the fluffy stuff and gets to the nitty-gritty of what makes a relationship work. I'm going to teach you practical tools and principles to transform the important relationships in your life and bring about greater satisfaction and fulfillment. Get ready to transform your life through the power of relationship skills. It's time for The Emil Show. You know those situations when you're in with a group of people? You're playing cards with somebody. Maybe you're with some uh, in-laws. And someone says something that you just don't agree with. How do we handle those moments? Because if we don't have confidence to handle those moments very well, then we usually shut down, don't say anything. And so our opinion or perspective is completely lost. Or we end up saying something aggressive, challenging the other person, which turns into contention as a person who has been consulting with organizations, businesses, and literally being in board meetings where kids, it seems like kids are fighting at a board meeting. And you people who've been at board meetings know what I'm talking about. There's these interactions that are going on and no one's calling out the process of what's happening. And people are repeating themselves several times and they're you know, trying to get more supporters for their position or perspective. And yeah, these are grown people doing this. I see people in social settings, whoever is willing to be the loudest or say the most provocative things gets to create the narrative, gets to control the conversation. And so when you're a soft-spoken person or someone who doesn't like conflict, It makes it hard to know when to stand up and say something because the last thing you want to do is create some contention. Well, I've been putting a lot of thought to how do I address situations like this so that people can be empowered to say something and disagree without being disagreeable. And that's what I want to share with you today. I want to share you the five steps to disagree in a group of people without being disagreeable. So now, instead of you just shutting down and not saying anything, or saying something, you know, that might be provocative or challenging in a way that makes the person get defensive, we want to strategically use what we know about human interactions and relational dynamics and actually maximize our influence to change people's minds in a situation where... They say something as if it were a fact. Let's put this into a real life situation. Let's say you're with some friends and they have a particular position about politics or philosophy, maybe even religion or whatever, and they make a statement that you, it just doesn't ring right with you. It just doesn't feel right with you. We want to empower you with some tools to be able to disagree, maybe even influence them in a way that creates some opportunity for change. So imagine yourself in a situation like that where we can apply these principles, these strategies. Here are the five phrases that literally will empower you to disagree without being disagreeable and increase the likelihood that other people will change their mind. So how to unlock someone's closed mind. Wow, there's a title for you. The five phrases to unlock a closed mind. We're going to unlock someone's mind. We're going to disagree without being disagreeable. Number one, we're going to question, how do you know? What makes you so sure? You seem really strong about that. Okay. Number two, we're going to make an objection. Uh, That's not quite how I see it. I see that differently. Number three, we're going to ask for permission. Hey, can I disagree with you? Can I, can I challenge you on that? Can I push back on that? Number four, we're going to clarify. Hey, it sounds like what you're saying, then you summarize. And number five, you make a declaration. This is where we disagree. And we're going to, we're going to walk through all five of these statements. And I'm going to walk you through how we're going to use these phrases in a way that puts you in charge of a conversation where you can disagree without being disagreeable and maybe unlock a closed mind. So let's say someone says something like, um, uh, you know, President Trump has been the best president ever. Now, you you might not feel that way. You might be going, I, I don't know if that's true. Because the same thing could go if someone says, you know what? President Biden has been our best president. I love him. So you might go, oh, I just got to say something because I don't, I don't agree. So the first thing that we do is we're going to ask a question. Why would you say that? That's interesting. See, I like to say that's interesting, or you seem really strongly about that before I ask the question. So I might prepare my question. "Hmm, That's really interesting. Why would you say that? What makes you so sure about that? Or, How do you know that? So I'm asking a question. Now, in my question, that I'm asking the question is sending a message that I'm not on the same page, I disagree, I have a different point of view or perspective. Now, a reasonable person, someone who has an open mind, will they're going to pick up on that clue and they might ask, well, why, why, why do you, obviously you disagree, well, what's your point of view or perspective? Now, here's the cool thing. It does not matter if that person continues to bulldoze this conversation, continues on with their point of view or perspective, or if they ask you for your opinion or perspective. It doesn't matter because we don't change our approach. We just keep going through all five of these phrases. We still use them. Then we go to the next one. The next one is an objection. Now, the objection is where we say, you know, uh, that's not how I see that, or I I see that a lot differently, or I see that a little bit differently. That's the point we're trying to make: is we're saying that we're not on the same page. I'm not on that. I'm. Not, I I see that differently. I'm not. I'm not on the same page as you. Again, that phrase that we just used isn't a blatant confrontation of contention. It's a gentle way of saying, "Hey." yeah, what you're saying, I'm not on board with. Now, the longer this process goes, the more social pressure there is for the person who's speaking to pick up the cues that are obviously left and then respond by, hey, so what do you think? How do you feel about this? Or obviously you're on the same page with me, like you just said that you're on the same page. Like, why? Where are you coming from? It does not matter we go to the next one we just keep going so whether they bulldoze their way through and they keep reiterating their position or perspective with all the confidence in the world thinking that there is no refutable evidence to this perspective or opinion what we do is we go to the next one and this is permission permission hey can i can i disagree with you or could i challenge you are you open to being challenged can i push back on that Are you open to a different perspective? This question, okay, this this permission question we're asking has a lot of social pressure in it. There's a social pressure in our society that says we need to have an open mind and that we are open to being challenged or questioned. There's literally only one right answer for this the person has to say yes, because if they don't say yes, then what they're saying is is they're violating social norms and they're being intolerant, which is one of those faux pas of society. We need to be very tolerant, open. In fact, we can't even be confident in our point of view or perspective if we are not willing to have our opinion and perspective challenged. And everyone knows that. So in the question, hey, can can I disagree with you? You have to say it yes. You can't say no or you become a part of the oppression. You you literally socially will commit social suicide if you say no. You become a bigot. You become a tyrant. And no one wants to become the bigot or the tyrant, especially in front of other people. Now, these five phrases have more potency in social context because... We rely on some of the social rules that enforce community. And these are the, the norms, the mores, the standards of society. And people, there's a lot of pressure with those. And we use those to, to increase dialogue, not to manipulate and hurt people. If hearing someone's perspective, you think hurts people, then you're probably an oppressor. I'm just going to say it. Look, if you can't open yourself up for challenging conversation, not contention, but just have your opinion questioned, explored, then how is that any different than a tyrant? Of course, you're not that type of person. We're going to go on to the next one, the fourth one. Okay, now it doesn't matter. Again, this person could just keep on moving forward. Okay, they can just keep being bulldozing the conversation. Hey, can I disagree with you? Are you open to, to another perspective? Of course they're going to have to say yes and now, if they say no, then I'm actually going to talk about their no but that's that's a side note for right now, okay but there's a social pressure for them to say yes. Now that does not actually mean that they're going to be open, but when they say yes, something microscopic happens when somebody says yes, I'm open to a different point of your perspective, there's a psychological door that opens. Because people want to have some psychological continuity. They want to have some consistency in their own integrity. So if they say, yes, I'm open to a different point of your perspective, then they are more willing to find a way for them to make some kind of a concession. Or they become more tolerant for a different view or perspective. So, we go to number four. Number four is clarification. In clarification, we're just going to summarize what they're saying. Hey, let me, just to be clear, it sounds like what you're trying to say is, and then we just try to say what they're saying. We don't point out the flaws in their point of view or perspective at that time. No, what we do is we actually represent their point of view or perspective as if we were their attorney presenting their viewpoint. So it sounds like what you're trying to say is, you think President Biden has been the best president ever because you feel like he's really done A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and, and, and that has made a huge difference in the quality of our, our life in the United States of America, in the world, whatever. Because what we want to do is have that other person say, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Now we flip back to, so is it still okay if I disagree with you? Are you open to another point of your perspective? And they say, they have to say yes. And this is when we go to disagreeing with them. This is where we really declare. This is our declaration. Now, when we share our declaration, we have to know that our point of view and perspective may be missing something. We cannot be overly confident in our point of view or perspective because the truth is our point of view or perspective may be missing something. And if we're missing something, we don't want to start off telling people that this is the way it is, only to find out we're missing something, because then we lose credibility. So what we do is we assume we're missing something. So when we share a declaration, we assume we're missing something. Hey, I'm probably missing something. Point out what's wrong with this perspective. Or help me see why this idea wouldn't work, because I'm sure I'm missing something. You see how it comes back to I'm probably missing something. I'm sure I'm missing something. And then you go into your declaration. I feel blah, 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 blah. But I'm probably missing something. So help me understand what am I missing? Now, when I set up the declaration, before I give them a chance to talk, hey, I'm probably missing something. Help me understand what I'm missing. I'm actually going to ask them to find any value or merit Anything worthwhile with what I shared is there anything true or helpful about what I just shared so hey um I'm probably missing something, but I really think blah 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 although I'm probably missing something is there anything about what I shared that has any value or merit to it like can you see where I'm coming from? Another thing I like to do is I kind of say something like um, you know, I'm probably not saying this very good, but What do you think I'm trying to say? Like, what's the message I'm trying to come across that I'm probably not doing a very good job coming across? And then they put what I'm saying in their own words and something magical happens. See, when they're trying to understand my point of view or perspective and they're looking for the merit, which is consistent with their psychological continuity, okay, From when I ask them, hey, can I disagree with you or could I challenge you? Are you open to another perspective? What then happens is they become more curious to find out how what they've been thinking may be missing something. What's magical is when someone feels heard and understood, and we use this in the way we complain to people, we use this in the way we respond to people. See, when we truly understand, other people, and we make them feel safe and understood, it changes their chemistry. It literally changes their chemistry. They start releasing oxytocin, which is this bonding, trust, connecting hormone, simply by making sure the other person feels totally heard and understood. Now, what's fascinating about that is if a person feels safe and understood and close, but... They also don't understand something. In other words, there's some confusion. See, confusion plus safety equals curiosity. Confusion and not feeling safe, in other words, feeling threatened, creates anxiety. Confusion and safety opens up the brain. There's literally dopamine that gets released and that dopamine helps that person absorb new points of view and perspectives to help them learn, which is a very good survival tactic that the brain has. Hey, if you got some new information about how you can make your life better, we should probably use that. So we actually have a reward system in our brain to learn dopamine. That's what the, that's what the reward is. Of course, the opposite is just as true if there isn't a sense of safety, but there's confusion. That doesn't create curiosity, that creates anxiety. And anxiety releases other hormones called cortisol. And cortisol is one of the fight or flight, you know, mechanisms of, hey, shut down, run away, or beat somebody up. Not a good way to create cooperation and connection with people. I wanted to share these five phrases because we're going to be having conversations right now and in the future about politics. And I think it's important for people to disagree without being disagreeable. I think that there needs to be a conversation where people can understand and respect each other, even in differences. I think there's, there's so much value to be had in our society by looking at diversity and differences as an asset instead of a threat. But the only way we can harvest the beautiful things, the tangible assets from diversity and differences is by creating a sense of safety and confusion. And how is that done? By taking the time to understand people. If we take the time to truly understand one another, we're going to find out that the differences aren't so great. And the commonalities create a sense of closeness And help us trust each other because we're probably more alike than we're different. Thanks for listening to The Emil Show. If you want to learn how you can make a greater impact in the important relationships in your life, you owe it to yourself to get my book, You Can Turn Conflict into Closeness. I know it's a long title for a book, but You Can Turn Conflict into Closeness. Will teach you how to bring things up, how to respond to criticisms, how to respond to blame or allegations or passive aggressive statements. It'll teach you how to resolve issues for good. You can take control of the most stressful and important moments with confidence and kindness. And you can get a free copy today by going to emailharker.com, that's emilharker.com, that's E M I L H A R K E R.com, and click the link that says free book. And if you've got questions that you want answers for about relationships, email me your question at email at and I'll answer your questions in one of my future episodes.